Welcome to this week's edition episode of The Rambler. I am your host, Mike McDonald. Have we got an episode for you? For you, an episode for you. Great show today. My guest is Megan McCartney. Megan McCartney is somebody I uh, actually ended up uh, growing up with. Growing up with. I was uh, best friends with her sister Shayna when we were when we were kids out in Hillsborough, New Jersey, in Central Jersey. And yes, folks, there is a Central Jersey. Okay, it's the 908 area code and parts of 732. Definitely not 201 or 609, all right? That's like North and South Jersey, respectively. I know, I know. There's a couple of shore people with a 609 area code, but to me, if you're in 609, even if you're on the shore, you're in South Jersey. If you call Philadelphia the city, then you're from South Jersey, all right? Central Jersey is its own thing. It's in the 908, all right? And again, parts of the 732 by where Rutgers is, which we're going to talk about today because I went to Rutgers campus to go interview... Uh, Megan, actually, it was not the Rutgers campus. It was it was Rutgers, New Brunswick, specifically. Because I don't know if you know this about Rutgers University, but it basically takes up the entire state of New Jersey. It is a university that has eclipsed and eaten and swallowed and is digesting all other universities and colleges in New Jersey. And so they're in New, in New Brunswick, there's five different campuses. Let's see if I can name them all. They're, this is like naming the Smurfs sometimes. There's a Rutgers College, which is on College Ave campus. There's Livingston, there's Bush, there's Cook, there's Douglas. Uh, am I missing one? Is that it? Let me see. College Ave, uh, Cook, Douglas, Bush, Livingston. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, they're located in and around New Brunswick and Piscataway. And I haven't been back there for, for nine years since I graduated, basically, because I've been going all over the place and in the world, traveling, you know, doing stuff. I went back, and a lot has changed. I was surprised how much it changed, because I used to do theater at the Livingston Theater Company uh, out there in Piscataway. And aside from the football stadium that was out there and the actual campus itself, which there were a couple of dorms and, uh, like, a quad, and, and the theater was in the Livingston Student Center, which was, it took place in, like, a... A municipal room, I guess. It was multi-purpose. It was it was a multi-purpose room, and they would build a stage for the productions, and they did like a a play or two musicals each semester. And I also hosted a uh, coffee house type of thing. Anyways, uh, th- that took place there, and it was very small. There was like a Sparrow's Pizza and a Dunkin' Donuts, and so the Livingston Student Center is still there. When I was graduating back in 2007, they said that they were putting more mo- money in the budget for upgrading the student center. Uh, what I didn't realize was how much they were going to be building that place up. It's insane. I went back, and there was, like, basically an outdoor mall there. They have their own movie theater. They have their own cinema, a Rutgers cinema. I don't even know what, what they do out there. They watch movies, I guess, uh, for, for Rutgers stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It was insane. I'll, there's pictures on my, uh, on my Twitter feed, at the Rambler ADHD. You could, you could check it out. Uh, just, it's crazy. It's crazy how much it changed. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful campus. They have beautiful new buildings. It's just insane. Uh, anyways, uh, so I went over there to talk to her, and uh, then I took her to drive around uh, my old my old alma mater, my old part of uh, Rutgers College Ave, College Ave campus, where they had the uh, infamous grease trucks, uh, which were all gone, basically. There's one now next to the library, in between the library and across the street from the uh, the Hillel House, and then it's next to the uh, the Army ROTC building, and it's just one truck, the Are You Hungry truck, <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of fat sandwiches that are still there. They're good. They're good. I didn't eat one, because uh, I'm past that. I'm past eating a 2,500-calorie sandwich in one sitting. 
I used to do that twice a week after Korean class because it was right across the street where the grease trucks were, and it was like uh, next to frat row, basically. I guess Greek life there is also, they clamped down on it because there was a lot of misbehavior and, and craziness going on. So they said, no more of that. And there's no more of that, literally. And a lot of construction going on. I, I have some uh, corrections before I start the podcast uh, to issue uh, because I made some mistakes during the podcast. And that is, one, the newer dormitory my sophomore year it was not called Rockingham. It was called Rock Off, Rock Off Hall. I was trying to get into Rock Off. Never happened. Uh, I had a couple of friends that lived out there in, in the building. They were nice. They were like apartments, basically. It was very nice compared to the dorm that I lived in, which, by the way, I think was Campbell Hall, uh, one of the river dorms, uh, which are still there as well. I thought they got knocked down, but they're still there. Uh, we talk about that in the podcast. And then uh, this episode, I also, <laughs> we got into a conversation about uh uh, Megan, who was teaching English over in Japan, and I asked, you know, if she had a, you'll, you'll hear it, but basically I have to correct, I did not mean capital punishment, I meant corporal punishment, two different kinds of punishment. Uh, one, one is where, you know, you, you kill people, and the other one is where you can hit kids for misbehavior in class, but you, you'll hear all that. Uh, speaking of which, let's, let's just get to the show, all right? You can listen in now, all right? Enjoy. I should, I, uh, I don't know. Would you, would you like there to be a safe word? No, 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 <laughs> I should have that for guests. That, uh, oh, okay. that, uh, yeah. Like or, a signal? Yeah, like tug on your ear or pick like your twice. nose or twirl your hair. I don't know. <laughs> it could be dependent on the guest. Whatever the guest feels safe doing is the safe gesture or safe word okay. if they don't want to talk about a certain topic. That's a good idea. Oh, okay. Oh, good. I will, okay, I will integrate that in the future. Okay. Cool. Do you want a signal right now? Um, no, I'll just, I, I'll just say it. Okay. That yeah. sounds good. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, clear, I guess. On the, I don't know. Okay. Well, so it'll be, it'll be open. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so we're here on Livingston campus again. Uh, I haven't been here for nine years, and it has changed quite a bit. Mm. Did, did all this get built while you were going to Rutgers? Um, kind of. It's um, thinking of my timeline. I graduated in 2012 and 2013 um, because I did the five did... year. Oh, <laughs> yeah. super senior. No, I just decided. I just decided. To just <laughs> you know, walk and. Um, no, no, I, I did the five-year program at yeah. the Graduate School of Education. Oh, nice. Um, so I did, it was like undergraduate degree and then like an extra, addition, addition, an additional year, can't uh-huh. speak. Um, and so that's how I did the, yeah, it was cool. kind of one after the other. Yeah. So as I was going through that program and everything, like I, I didn't have any classes on Livingston, um, but I just kind of when I did come to this campus, I would just like see that they were building stuff. Mm-hmm. So all of that flat land that we were talking about. Yeah, it was just an before, empty field before yeah. and a and parking, like parking lot. lots, right? Um, it was all just being built up and just yeah. So that that's pretty quick construction because there yeah. was not nearly any of the facilities that I mean, they're they're still working on 
grade 18. So <laughs> to give you know, like yeah, they're, that's they're true. Always, I was kind of surprised you know. that that hadn't changed at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like I was driving on Route 18 from the Turnpike, and then I was like, "This feels exactly the same, <laughs> same as when I yeah. left." And then you pull up to Livingston, I was like, "This is really <laughs> different." So are the other campuses also equally built up, or is it pretty much just yes. Livingston? Yes, um, I haven't been to Bush in a while, um, but. I live very close to College Ave. Oh, yeah? That's, that's very different, too. Um, yeah. Some of the parking lots are not there anymore. They're, they're actually building, like, a similar sort of just, like, I guess dorm rooms, but then below, like, on the ground level, they're all they're going to be restaurants and stores. Wow. Um, well, that, I remember, so the newest uh, dorm when I was a senior on College Ave was, was Rockingham? Uh is that what it's called? I don't know. I can't remember. But it was, like, um, basically an apartment building. Okay. But there were dorms for, like, juniors and seniors. And they it was in downtown New Brunswick. Uh-huh. And they had, like, brand-new stores oh, and, like, that, restaurants. Okay. And the whole area was yeah, getting revitalized. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's a tall building. Right? Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's real tall. Street, uh, like, if you're driving remember. towards... Douglas. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's still there, but it's so it's going to be like a similar okay. kind of like setup. Yeah. There was like a 7 Eleven um, downstairs. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I forget what's there now, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. That was like super cool. I was fighting really hard to get into that <laughs> okay. dorm. Mm. And then I didn't get in. So, <laughs> so I ended up moving into an apartment in Highland Park. Oh, okay. Which was, uh, it was nice, but it was like, mm. it, there was no kitchen. It was a one bedroom with a living room and bathroom and a balcony. Okay. And then I had like a mini fridge uh-huh. and a microwave. Okay. <laughs> so if I wanted to cook anything more advanced, I had to go out and eat. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which okay. sucked because I was a, still a poor college student. <laughs> oh, yeah. With no right. money. <laughs> right. oh. But the rent was cheap. It was like 700 bucks a month or something like oh, that. It was yeah, pretty good. Yeah. It wasn't bad for a one bedroom. Hmm. Uh, but there was nothing going on in Highland Park. It was like just... Hmm. Kind of boring. Okay. It's like just right across the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where on you said you live by College Ave? Um, I live like around the corner, I guess. It's a uh, landing lane, so it's. I don't know where that is. It's it's literally I could just walk to. I mean, it would take maybe fifteen ish minutes to mm-hmm. walk to the uh, student center. Oh, okay. On College Avenue. Yeah. Um, but I don't do that often because there's really no need <laughs> for me to go. <laughs> So, yeah. So it's kind of like I'm close to work, but I'm far enough away that, you know, I really... Yeah. I used to live... My apartment was uh, when I lived in New Brunswick after I lived in the river dorms. Have they torn down the river dorms? I heard they tore those down. The, um... I lived in... What was my freshman dorm called? The river dorms. Oh, the, um... I yeah, yeah. No, remember. they're still there. Are if, they? If I'm thinking of the same ones. Okay, I'll have to um, go I'm, take a I'm, look. Yeah, blanking on the names. There were like three two. of them. One was Friedlingheisen. Yeah, they're still there. Oh, they're still there? Yeah, they're still okay. there. That's awesome. I'll have to go uh, take a look at those. <laughs> yeah. I think time. they're pretty much the same. And then, yeah, they were like, those are like, the what I think of a dorm room, that's what I think of. It's right. like concrete cinder blocks, yeah. like painted cinder blocks, yeah. basically. Did you have classes underneath? The... Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I was really lazy when I went to Rutgers. I'm not going to lie. I was not a great student undergrad. And uh, I uh, skipped a lot of classes, <laughs> especially my freshman year, because I really wasn't interested in any of the, like, the one-on-one classes. Uh-huh. It was like, I don't know, they were just boring, because Rutgers is so large. Right. You know, you go to those one-on-one classes, there's like 300 oh, kids, yeah. and I was just like, yeah. there's no like incentive. The yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And so yeah. it was like, 
those basement classes are a little bit smaller, but I was still like, I don't right. really feel like going. <laughs> so I had to make all these excuses. And my roommate uh, would always be like, don't you have class today? And I'm like, yeah, but it's like snowing outside. And he'd be like, isn't your class in the basement of this building? I'd be like, uh, So you literally yeah. don't have to go outside. Yeah, you didn't even have to go outside. You just took the elevator like all the way down. <laughs> and I just, I just didn't go. Uh, yeah, so I did not do well my freshman year. I made up for my junior and senior years, okay. but my freshman year was pretty Kinda. rough. Okay. It was rough going for my grades. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I lived uh, on Lewis Street my sophomore year okay. in uh, down in uh, New Brunswick. Okay. So it's uh, off of Easton, okay. and, yeah, okay. uh, I which I think turns into Amwell Road as you mm-hmm. start going into like Hillsborough and right. stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Good old Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers and Hillsborough. So we have those. Both yeah. Common, I know. Is... I, I, well, we have a lot in common. We do have a lot. Yeah. Okay. That's why. We have a lot. Here, well, yeah. I so <laughs> let's go back. So you grew up, yeah. we both grew up in Hillsborough, New right. Jersey, which is uh, in central Jersey. Yes. And there is not a whole lot going on there. No. <laughs> I would, yeah, definitely agree. Um <laughs> And I, I think that that hasn't changed. Yeah, I haven't I, been back there either. Because why? Mm, yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> I that's like. Fair. I yeah. I had, yeah. had uh, no real reason to go back. Even like all the teachers at Hillsborough High School. Like right. I think most of them have moved on. Um, yeah, I guess so. I haven't I haven't visited in a long time. So. Yeah, my mom just retired from there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like I last yeah. year. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, okay. So now she's like substitute teaching closer to where she lives in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. But uh, I think my dad is still working sometimes in Hillsboro, but he's mm-hmm. like trying to telecommute more, I think. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so there's like no real reason for me to go back there. I was thinking of like going, dropping by today just to like drive just, around yeah. and check it out. Yeah. But there's like kind of... <laughs> Like, I'm going to drive 20 minutes in the opposite direction uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, to just to go look at my yeah. old town. I don't know. It I'm... really hasn't And then there's, like, changed. nobody there I, that I can think of off the top of my head that I would, like, really want to go mm. see that would be around. Yeah. Like, I don't see, know if every, it's around everyone there Everyone goes. Everyone leaves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was the thing when uh, I ended up going to Rutgers, too, is that, like, some people went to Rutgers and everybody else was like, I want to get far, far away. Right. From right. Hillsboro, yeah. understandably. So yeah. you didn't have that inkling when you were... Well, no, because the, the, I mentioned Ohio before when you... When oh, you yeah. Came. Yeah, yep. so I, I, I was... Um, I graduated 10 years ago from high school, which is also weird. Um, and I decided to go to uh, a school out in Ohio. Uh-huh. Um, kind of, I guess... Well, I had, I had reasons for picking it, uh, which maybe we can go into later. Um but I think, yeah, part of it was just, like, also just kind of... I want to get away. Get away. <laughs> and as far away as possible. Um, but I only stayed out there for about a month. In Ohio? Before, yeah, before coming back and actually, like, taking the rest of the year off. Mm-hmm. And then starting at Rutgers. Okay. Yeah. So what uh, drove you to Rutgers? Um, just, yeah, just the closeness. <laughs> no, and, and... It is only 20 minutes away, yeah, really. It's pretty close. Um, and just the fact that I had my major, yeah, I had what I wanted, and um, what did you major in? My un- undergraduate degree is in uh, East Asian uh, languages and cultures, uh-huh. with, uh, concentration in Japanese. Okay. Um, and my 
graduate major is uh, in ESL education. Okay. Yeah. Do you specifically uh, do ESL for Japanese students? No, but I, I did teach in Japan. Okay. Yeah, for a year. So then you got to use your undergrad. So I, yeah, so I applied both. To, nice. Yeah. I yeah. feel like unless you're in like some kind of STEM field, that's rare. Like if mm. you're, because oh. Rutgers is a liberal arts college. Like right. yeah. how many people, like I was a history poly sci major. So how many okay. of those guys are actually historians now? <laughs> <laughs> or political scientists for that matter. Yeah. Uh, so Hillsborough, going back to Hillsborough. Yes, going back to Hillsborough. A lot of people like wonder, uh, ask me like if it was, like more diverse growing up? I think Hillsborough actually was a little bit more diverse. Um, it was and it wasn't, I feel like. What do you feel it like? Was, it was pretty white. I mean, yes, it felt, yeah. it's very white bread for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think I had a, just a different kind of understanding mm-hmm. of all of that, or maybe just like a, yeah, back you know, growing up than I do now. So what was what? What did it feel like growing up in Hillsboro? Um, yeah, that's that's really tough because I. Yeah, that's really really tough because I, I know I just said that because mm, now I look back on it and I think it's it it's very like you said white bread. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe just the friends that I had growing up, or I just didn't I wasn't aware of it. You know, mm. I wasn't aware of that, like, Wonder Bread. <laughs> wonder like, ha- how white it is. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I had friends who were um, not white, um, but I also had a lot of friends who were white. Right, And yeah. I think I just, like, I, I just didn't really think about it, mm-hmm. you know, the same way. That's kind of a positive thing, though, right? That's not like um, you're hmm. not experiencing as many race issues as you would if you were living out in, I don't, I don't know what your experience yeah. was out in Ohio, but I imagine if uh, it was, like, yeah. <laughs> Iowa or some place like that where it's like 99% white people. Um, yeah, Ohio was different. interesting because I was pretty much the only person from the East Coast. Oh, really? Yeah. Where everybody else was from like Ohio. Yeah, and I guess just, yeah, it was pretty local, I guess. It was um, Bowling Green University. Okay, what yeah. part of Ohio is that? Cleveland? No, or? man. It's... Um, Cincinnati. No, I think it, it was pretty. Is it its own thing? <laughs> I think it. I don't know. I don't know exactly. This is bad. I don't know where Cleveland is. Like, because it's a bit. Yeah, like in the state, like within yeah, the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it was like more the eastern part. This is. <laughs> Bowling Green was in yeah, the eastern yeah, part. Yeah. Okay. Bowling Green, oh, yeah. I mean, I have no idea. I'm not judging you. Mm-hmm. I have no idea anything. And I don't I know anything don't about Ohio <laughs> except that it's next to Pennsylvania. Right, and it takes ten hours to drive. Oh, that's is it an interesting drive at least, or is no, it no? Because yeah. it's just it's Pennsylvania, so it's pretty. Yeah, it's flat. flat and it's, and it's a lot of brown. I feel the like the one, yeah, the one route just going right through Ohio <laughs> or through uh, Pennsylvania to get to Ohio. It's just yeah brutal. <laughs> It sounds really boring. This is like those are the times when I'm like, I just want an autonomous car mm. mm-hmm. to drive yeah. me or there. Yes, also it would be cool. When are we gonna get that? I know, right? Uh, people on Bush campus should be figuring that out soon. I hope. Yes. The engineers. Yeah, get on that. <laughs> uh, so when you compare your growing up to in Hillsborough to mm. your experiences in Ohio, what do you feel? Oh. Looking back on Hillsborough, what do you feel like that was? Like? Um, well. I mean, I guess I would say that compared compared to Ohio, 
I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, Ohio, my experience there was even more like just white, you know, yeah. like you said. Yeah, yeah. So there was, I was maybe the only Asian person. Did you feel that yeah. when you were there? Yeah, and I think that was a part of it because um, part of the, I guess, the, the change or just the development of my, like, awareness. Um, mm-hmm. Being in that bubble yeah. you know, growing up as a kid and you're kind of just protected, mm-hmm. you know, by family and friends and just familiarity. Um, and then going out and getting, you know, my first job, like, real job. Um, I worked as a server um in Hillsborough? Char- yeah, no, no, no. In in Piscataway, so I worked at Charlie Brown's oh, Steakhouse okay. and Red Lobster. <laughs> nice. And out in Ohio, I worked um, at a Japanese restaurant, but the owner was Korean. <laughs> that's that's a pretty <laughs> yeah, common story, right, actually. Right. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, like the the experience out in Ohio was different because he was Asian. So I think there was some kind of like sense of you know, yeah, yeah. Um, kinship I guess but um when I was yeah I was starting to work going out into like the world and just experiencing all these really just like it was like a bombardment of all these kinds of like you know suddenly like I felt you know like the lens was on me like I was Asian Mm. for the first time Mm -hmm. you know Korean you know even though I knew I was Korean yeah growing up it was just that added layer of you know I'd have people at the restaurant um, customers saying things like, I would say, introduce myself. Oh, I'm Megan, I'm going to be taking care of you today, or you know, like do my spiel. Yeah, and they'd yeah. be like, Oh, Megan, is that a traditional Chinese name? Oh, you know, and 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 one time, um, and they were at, did they know they were at a Japanese restaurant? No, no, no. This was at Charlie Brown's. That was at Charlie and, and Brown's Red Lobster. Yeah, really. And um, and I just didn't, I didn't <clears> know how to respond, and I just like, you know, it was just yeah. kind of, um. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> it was tough. So. And that's, yeah, so, and it's one of those things, I, I don't know, is that a, is that a microaggression, do you think, that people um, are just like, are they unaware of that, that what they're saying is yeah, ignorant? I think so. I, I think so. There, there were just a lot of, you know, people saying even, um, oh, you speak English really well. Yeah. When, when I would just, mm-hmm. I would, I would, it wasn't even my table, like yeah. I had to, bring out the beverages to you know, my coworker's table. And I just said something like, here you go, or, you know, like, oh, here's your water, or something like that. And it was, like, immediate, like, wow, your English is so good. And I was like, okay, I said three words. You're like, and, yeah, so is yours. Yeah, <laughs> and I wish I had said that, but it's just, you know. I know, when you're, especially the first time just you're that you're experiencing those things, yeah. like, you don't know what, how to respond to that, because mm-hmm. it's so out of the blue. Right. Like, you're just like, and it takes you aback. You're like, well, what? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. would you assume that I don't know how to speak English? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think it has to do with the lack of representation on the screen and in media. Mm. Sometimes mm. I, I don't know. So the like only Asian representation like in Hollywood sometimes is like the Jet Li who doesn't know how to speak English in his yeah. first couple movies. So like Lethal Weapon Four is basically a silent character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Jackie Chan, also not really great English. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, people's knowledge of Asian yeah, culture. That's or, kind of all you see. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Which is why I'm happy, like, fresh off the boat is on television. Right. So it's, like, right. even though 
Eddie Huang is mad about the ABC representation of his mm. book. I'm like, dude, at least there's Asians on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, the last time this happened was All-American Girl. Yeah, that was fell that? flat, like, 10. immediately. No, how long ago was that? Uh, like that was probably I, I, 20 years I, yeah, ago, yeah, at least, right. at least right. now. Maybe longer. Yeah. Because I think I was, I was still a kid. Yeah, that was yeah, in the 90s show, like for yeah. sure. But, I mean, that was like, it was cool to watch when I was a kid, but it was like, mm. clearly this is going to get canceled. <laughs> and then it didn't. I felt really bad, but it was like, that was our shot. Right, When's the next right. time we're going to see Asians on television? 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sad, but it's yeah. like, you know, I think that does uh, affect, you know, Asian Americans working as even as mm. waiters and waitresses or mm-hmm. just everyday experiences. And mm-hmm. people are like, oh, like before they ask you a question, they'll be like, do you speak English? Right. And shit like that. And you're just like, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Do you speak English? <laughs> Like, how is that appropriate to start a conversation know, in any context? Right. It's mind, mind-boggling. mind Yes. So, yes. and that was, uh, how old were you when that happened? Um, so, yeah, I guess I was 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, so shortly after I graduated. Um, from HHS. From, yeah. From, <laughs> from HHS. HHS. From the old Raiders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like... Uh, I don't feel like we got too many of those questions like in school because no, most of those kids right. like we grew up with and the student population, yeah. as I remember, mm-hmm. was I mean, there were certainly a lot of white kids, but yeah. it was more diverse than, than I think a lot of other yeah. communities. I yeah. mean, there were many black students, Indian mm-hmm. students, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Jewish kids. Like mm-hmm. I, I was surprised when I was exposed to people who hadn't grown up with mm-hmm. Jews in the area. Oh, really? And they're like, yeah, yeah, because they're like, you've been to bar mitzvahs? I'm like, yeah, when I was 13, I would probably went to like 80 bar mitzvahs. <laughs> like, yeah, and they're yeah. just like, wow, what's that like? It's just like, what? What do you, do you know? And then like when I moved to the South, it was like, mm. there was like no bagels. Uh-huh. <laughs> like there's no theater. There's nothing. It was just like, what do you guys do out yeah. here? Yeah. It's just a different culture. And, uh, right. When you, I, I think uh, the thing with Hillsborough is, yeah, it's very, like, even while it's diverse ethnically, mm. it is, like, super... When we were there, it was super whitewashed. Like whitewashed, yes. Yeah, like, yeah. they were Definitely. the whitest Asian kids, the whitest black kids, what, the whitest yeah. Indians. Yeah. Like, everybody was, you know, everybody was into, like, Britney Spears, the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, I remember your uh-huh. sister's room had Backstreet Boys posters <laughs> <Yep>. plastered <laughs> yes. everywhere. Covering the walls, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just... Yeah. I would go in there, I was like, wow, this is a lot of Backstreet Boys. But I think that was <laughs> typical of, like, the girls in HHS. The, right, no. Like, everybody, Definitely. all the girls had that, and all the boys had, like, a Mandy Moore, Britney Spears, yeah. or Christina Aguilera, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. It was, yeah, like, pretty, it was pretty white, even mm-hmm. though it was diverse. Right. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it was, like, you know, we didn't exchange any cultural differences. Yeah, yeah. I think because everybody was either, like, I was surprised the amount of, like, it was you, your mm-hmm. sister, me, and my sister were the, like, kind of, as I can remember, the four yeah. adoptees. Um, there was one girl in my Was grade. there? Yeah. Who's she? Um, her name uh, is Lauren. Um, but we, like, we were, we were actually, like, I, I had known, the, uh, known <coughs> her for a long time um, growing up, but I think our, our circle of friends were, was a little bit different, mm-hmm. so we never actually, like, really interacted yeah. um, in school. Um, but yeah, other than 
so five. <laughs> Maybe. That's actually, I feel like, a fairly large population. Because mm. most kids, they're like, I'm not expected. only the only yeah. a- Asian here. I'm like the only adoptee in, right. in here. Right. Completely different scenario. And even then, like, oh, this is how whitewashed it was, I think. This is a good example. So uh, one of my good friends in high school, Rob, we were walking mm-hmm. through the halls. And my mom, who worked at HHS, we passed by, and she asked me a question, and uh, I was like, I answered it, and Rob was like, do you even know that woman? I was like, <laughs> Rob, that's my mom. And he was like, but uh-huh. she's white. And I was like, so is my dad. And he was like, what? Are you being for real? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I don't get it. And I was oh. like, he had never even stopped to think, like, my name is Michael McDonald. Yeah, <laughs> like, he didn't yeah. really um, register. But, like, and that, that's, yeah. He just, yeah. It took him a day to figure it out. (laughs) I laughed about it a Mm. lot. I still laugh about it. (laughs) He just, he had no idea. And it's like, I think he had been over my house. (laughs) It's just like, did you not realize Oh, wow. Wow. But yeah, I feel like that's a good example of like how kind of whitewashed it is where it's like, they don't even question. Yeah. No, that's, that's totally it. Because I, I, whitewashed is, is a really, yeah, it's like the perfect term for (laughs) Yeah. 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 So then you, you just felt like it was – and then – because, yeah, you don't really have those experiences with, like – I mean, I think in elementary school is probably the last time I got the, the chinky eyes, mm. slanty mm. eyes, like, joke or right. some kids making right. fun of you on the playground. Like, yeah. towards, like, middle and high school, the bullying was about other things. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> Mostly yeah, about yeah. my small stature. Oh. <laughs> but it, it wasn't about race, as I recall. Mm. And so I think until, yeah, probably around like when I came to Rutgers or right. when you get a little bit older and out of Hillsboro, mm-hmm. out of that whitewashed community, but yeah. a very accepting whitewashed community yeah. that you start to experience, we started to experience those things where it was like, oh, do you speak English? Do mm-hmm. you speak really great English? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that. And it's like, right. you don't have those experiences up till then where you're just like, uh, and it takes, yeah, it does take you back. You're like, how do I respond to something yeah. like this? Because it's, it's never happened your, to you before. Right, it's not in your toolkit, I guess. Like, those kinds of right, yeah, yeah. Like, experiences. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely, I think, I think maybe things were building towards that kind of, I guess, confronting, um, like, those types of microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Like, everything was sort of building towards that, I feel like, as I was getting older. So it's kind of like, yeah, you get those in elementary school, maybe more of, like, the, the racial sort of yeah, um, yeah. You know, bullying, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, you know, declines a little bit, and yeah. it becomes, like, about other things. And then I think it has been building for me, but in a different way. In what ways? Um, well, just, like, the frequency and, like, the type of, I guess, microaggressions and... Mm. Uh, you know, comments and those kinds of things um, have changed and or has grown, like the you know or the frequency. Um, mm. And the way that I, I guess, have been thinking about, you know, my my racial identity um, and all of that kind of you know stuff. So how has that uh, how has that changed? You mentioned that <clears throat> you, the first time you kind of experienced being Asian was when you moved to Ohio. Um, Do you feel like that? Yeah, well, hmm. I think, well, that maybe, yeah, was a big, um, like, eye-opening, I guess, experience mm-hmm. for me. 
Um, certainly, I mean, all of that at once, kind of like stepping out of New Jersey and yeah. my family and just like leaving everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I came back to New Jersey and I, I took that year off uh, before I started at Rutgers, um, and that's when I got the job at, I think it was, Char- uh, no, Red Lobster was first and encountered all of those other kinds of um like customers and you know their comments and everything people are great aren't they yeah (laughs) hungry people are mean yes (laughs) well hangry is a real thing (laughs) yeah um i didn't know that word back then but yeah i don't think it existed then (laughs) not until tita face said it but it's like oh yeah Yeah, that's a real thing thing. (laughs) (laughs) um and that's where yeah i think things um just became really complicated um and i really started to to look inward mm-hmm. um and just every, yeah i mean i everything just kind of came together yeah you know and really just yeah yeah well it was interesting i think growing up because uh your sister and i were very close we were right. like best mm-hmm. friends for a long time mm-hmm. but it really didn't have anything to do with our being adopted, mm. I don't think. It was mm. always just we had similar interests mm-hmm. and same circle of friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Your personalities are pretty similar. Yeah, we too. have very <laughs> similar personalities. High energy, very extroverted. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> like we, it, like adoption wasn't something we ever talked about mm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't really remember why, but it was like I feel like me and my sister went to Holt camp every year and mm. we were always doing like – Korean shit, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or adopting shit. Um, But I got the sense that uh, the McCartneys did Mm. not really do so much of that. Uh, I know your sister was more focused on figure skating and dancing. dancing, right. So what did you guys do? Did you ever talk about that growing um, up or discuss it with your parents? Um, So Shana and I didn't really talk a lot about adoption stuff. Um. And that's definitely, like, more in recent years. Um, you started talking to her about it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. As, as you know, things have come up. Um, mm-hmm. And I think just as we both get older. Yeah. Um, because we're only three years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just, and I guess going off of that, because um, our, our parents divorced um, when I was still in high school. Mm-hmm. And Shana was in college yeah um and so i think that experience so my being home um and just kind of it was it was pretty it was a messy divorce Mm. and that was actually really triggering for me just being home and and going off going through that yeah um it made me think about my adoption more and Mm. like the loss that i you know the the first loss yeah you know that i experienced um and I think that also kind of, so when I said before about everything kind of coming together, so it was the their divorce and it was going off to college and experiencing all of these, you know, microaggressions and, and really just aggressions and, yeah, in yeah. A, in a, you know, like in all these new ways um, kind of was definitely, definitely helped shape me mm-hmm. and just the way that I think about adoption and... I don't know if that's also had an impact on 
Well, it's had a, it's definitely had an impact on the way that I've uh, that I view adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, it's just I feel like it's just something that Shane and I have never really talked about mm. together. Um, so how has that uh, changed your view on adoption now? Um, I'm definitely more critical. <laughs> well, how did you think about adoption before mm. before all this? Um, so I think the the more mainstream and gentle maybe version of adoption mm-hmm. and by gentle I think I I mean just kind of like it's a beautiful thing and um, the the message that you hear of oh it's it's so wonderful that you like it's such a joyous thing that you're here in the US and or you know whatever all that you know the language you're that people lucky use. yeah you're lucky and and um, you know God meant for you to be here oh yeah you know all yeah. that and sure. and I think yeah, I mean, I that that was how I kind of grew up you mm-hmm. know, hearing, um, just implicitly and explicitly. By your parents and family, um, or parents, from yeah, anybody, anyone. But I guess mostly you know parents because they're the you know yeah, they're yeah. the ones that kind of you know um, set the stage. I or you know just they're they're the big influence in your early sure. life, especially. Yeah. Um, and and that just kind of. There were things that I think I just kind of um, started to question, I guess, or like the, the feeling, the feeling that I had kind of, even at a young age, mm-hmm. was kind of not syncing up with the messages that I was receiving. What were you starting to feel? What ages and what were you starting to feel? Um, man, my timeline is so, like everything kind of just gets fuzzy, but definitely... Um, like I think I think I was young. Like I think again the feelings were all there mm-hmm. and kind of like so maybe on on birthdays I would just, you know, feel uncomfortable but like it was supposed to be a happy mm-hmm. thing. So I just kind of like smiled and then it was like, "Yay, party." and you know all of that. Yeah. But I think inside I was just like I don't know about this. You know, I mm. I feel kind of not happy. Yeah. Um and then it just so maybe in middle school or something, you know, you're going through puberty and like you have all this like <laughs> a lot of hormones. Going on. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that just kind of all um, just like emotionally, like yeah. I was feeling just like yeah, that's a rough time sucks. for like anybody. this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is terrible. Like I hated middle just, school. Yeah. No, wait, no, no, no. Middle school, I was okay. High school, I hated high oh, school. Okay. That was my big thing. Yeah, it's just all. It's just. Not <laughs> but yeah, it, it all kind of comes to a head, <laughs> yeah. and the hormones are going crazy. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of chemical imbalance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What, well, what do you think was the driver behind your feeling that way about your birthday? Um, I think. Well, I mean, now I, I, that whole month, I just like, I feel sad. <laughs> like I just, yeah. I just, and I don't even really celebrate my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I just don't want to, like, it's just another day for me. I just yeah. kind of want it to get it over with. Mm. Um, but I think that the key difference maybe is that I'm able to acknowledge that feeling, mm-hmm. you know, of sadness. Whereas when yeah. I was younger, it all had to be kind of like covered up. Sure. 
Um, it's been on a smile. Yeah. Yeah. And now I just don't even bother. I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to like feel how I feel and just. Yeah, know. sure. I feel like that's pretty common amongst adoptees, mm. especially if uh, they find out later that, that the birthday they've been celebrating is not their actual right. birthday. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of, it seems small, but it it's, mm. seems like it could be very psychologically mm-hmm. uh, mm. damaging if you find out you're like, oh, I'm actually. Yeah. That feeling of unrealness. Yeah, yeah. I like, I was just given this story. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a, like a cover or something. It's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know if that's your, if your um, birthday that you celebrate is your real birthday? I mean, as far as I know. Um, yeah. You know, it's written on the. The file. The file, yeah. So have you ever I mean, looked at your file? I have it here. You you brought it with you? <laughs> no, no. The reason I brought it with me is because it, I knew that you were like we were. You know, there's a big chance that we were going to talk about. Sure. You know this stuff and uh-huh. um and I didn't want. I'm I'm nervous so. Um, uh, like I feel like I'm smiling. A don't lot, be nervous. So People like, smile when they're nervous. <laughs> yeah, and um, so I brought it with me just because I didn't want to like forget stuff <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's so uh research intensive this yeah, is that what Rutgers puts my, in you yeah and you know I'm a teacher that is something that well, I feel so. like uh they say a lot when I went here but I didn't realize how much that would actually influence my life that re- mm. like oh, Rutgers is yeah, a research yeah, yeah. institution yeah but like so, it's helped me so much because yeah. I think it helps with like critical thinking skills yeah exactly mm-hmm. so uh and it's something that I'm just like wow, this was a real kind of educational gift that this institution mm. has given me, and I wish more people would do research. Yeah. It's like nowadays I feel like, oh, like data is a big thing, like, you know, 538 mm. and Nate Silver and everybody's fact-checking and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then there's a whole group of people who are like, oh, we're not going to have this election run by fact-checkers or this, that. And it's just like, just yeah. do some just, research. Right, right. It's not like, to me, I'm like, that's not that difficult to do mm. research. Um, and people just kind of shirk it. And I'm like, I think it's a real, it's mm-hmm. interesting to me. And it brings out a better set of critical thinking skills right, right. than, uh, when people don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So you're very research intensive, <laughs> I guess, having a, a I, nice I Rutgers, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> education. Mindset, right. So, uh, so what in your file, did, so did you, you brought a copy of your file with you? Yes, I did. <clears throat> Is there anything that surprised, when's the first time you saw this? Um, I don't even remember, because um, my mom like kept all like Shana's and my, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the files, um, and even like the recommendation letters that they had to obtain in order to okay. you know, like adopt us, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, they're just kept in like these big brown like falling apart at this point. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah well they're all yeah. old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I brought this to with me to um, Japan. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, well, did you think that you were going to, like, hop over to Korea and visit Holt? Um, who were you adopted through? Uh, love the Children. Love the Children? Yeah. <clears throat> Do they have an office over there in Korea that you could have gone to see? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> that I'm not sure. Okay. But I, I ended up uh, going to Korea last July. Uh-huh. Um, for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I visited my um, orphanage. Okay. Yeah. Which How was, was that? Um, um, it was, it was interesting actually getting to that point because I had not heard back from them. Mm. Um, 
for a while. Like I had emailed them maybe a year before I actually heard back from them and said, oh, yeah, you can come. Like, yeah. And, hey, you can meet your foster mother. <laughs> so it oh. all just kind of, yeah, yeah. happened within this, this short span of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but while, while I was in Japan, I had a coworker who, um, who's Korean. And she's teaching Korean at the high school okay. where I was working. Um, and we, we were talking, and she said that um, like she would help me out. And I, I, I said to her that, well, I haven't heard back from my um, like caseworker case at the orphanage in a mm. while. And I'm thinking about, even though we had been emailing in English, I was thinking, oh, well, maybe I should just try sending her an email in Korean, and maybe that would actually get a response. And... So I wrote, well, I, I, wrote, I wrote the email in Japanese. And because that was the language that my coworker and I, that was the okay. only, like, that was the, a common, yeah, language. The common language. And so <clears throat> she translated that to Korean. Yeah. And I sent, you know, sent off the email. And I did get a reply basically the next day. <laughs> you know, after a year of just like nothing. So then she had oh. to translate it back into Japanese. To no, get to but you. she wrote she wrote back to me in English. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the Korean email prompted her. Yeah, to write I you guess back. so. And um, and I was <clears> like, <throat> okay. Um, and then after that, like after that, just yeah, it was just back things and moved forth. pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, it's just so funny. Um, she just needed a push. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but no, and so visiting, visiting, it was, I mean, I guess it was good in the sense that I didn't have a lot of time to prepare, um, because I guess me having all, like, if I had had a year or, you know, like, more than the two months maybe that I had um, before I actually went to Korea, I think I would have just, like, built up that anxiety or whatever, mm, just, like, yeah. feelings, you know, like, um, but... I think this just gave me, you know, that little t- prep time just to kind of go and yeah. just, you know, do it. And then you don't like overthink su- it. Da- yeah, yeah, right. Second guesses and all of that. Um, so actually going and seeing the place, um, it was just, it was strange because I met my foster mother. Yeah. How was that? Um, and she was really sweet. Mm. Um, she remembered me. Um, and she she even told me that like she she um well we had the translator with us and um she fostered maybe i think guess over 100 you know babies or something like that wow um and she kind of like she she became like specialized i guess in taking care of um babies with cleft lip and palates because mm. i had one yeah um and we we need like a special bottle Oh, yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, yeah, you can't, like, create a suction. Sure, yeah. Um, So she, yeah, she kind of, like, took care of a lot of, I guess, babies with, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, she, no, she was just really sweet and um, said that, like, she knew that I was over in Japan teaching English and she offered... And she said, "Oh, you should come over to Korea and teach English, and you can stay with me." And, and <laughs> oh my and God! Like, wow, wow, that's okay, so welcoming. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but beyond that, I just like I felt really numb. Mm. I just didn't really know how to feel. Yeah. You know, I, I I thought 
that I would cry, but I didn't. Sure. Was it and just like a inability to process all that I at the same so. time? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because I did a lot of, well, not a lot, but I did, I did more processing after. Sure. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But during it, I was just like, I don't, I don't know how I feel. Like, it yeah. Was just, yeah. And that was your first time to Korea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's probably a, a lot. lot going on. <laughs> and I was also about to leave Japan. Oh, wow. For, so I think it was just, yeah. I think That's I was, definitely a lot going um, on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So did you, so you brought your file with you. <laughs> yeah. And you brought your file to Korea with you. Uh-huh. Did that, did that help you at all when you went to Korea? Um, well, no, I didn't, I didn't, no, did I? I think I did bring this to Korea Mm -hmm. as well. Or I brought the translated, I I forget, but I, they, I knew they had my file as well. And they even told me that they had tried to go through KA, is it? Okay. I don't know. It's the Korean adoption services over there in Korea, but they were trying to find, like match my mother's my birth mother's identification number oh. with like people in that area with the mm. same like or similar age range and like similar yeah, you know, like, yeah. but they 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 had contacted people okay um and then you know same name as well um but no one has had gotten back to them you know mm. at that time and yeah. i guess you know even you know at this point now yeah because um, i would hope that they would contact me yeah yeah um have so. you kept in touch with them over there um, I haven't sent an email or anything, um, but I would like to just, yeah. 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 Maybe send them an email in, in Korean. Right. <laughs> and yeah. they'll get back to you. Yeah. Where were you, uh, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Incheon. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So you flew right in there. Yes. Yeah. Did you, did you end up going to Seoul or did you just stay in and around Incheon? Uh, I, I think I stayed around. Okay. Yeah. Seoul's a good hour bus ride away. Right. Yeah. So I'm pretty, yeah, I wasn't in the actual, like. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like city center, I guess. Yeah. So you haven't gotten to Seoul yet? I, no, I don't think so. (laughs) At least from, yeah, my very limited, you know, time there and kind of like, I was in a bit of a daze. Yeah. So So you only spent a couple of days there? Yeah. 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 Was that enough, do you feel, or did you plan on going back? Um, it was enough for that time yeah I think it was perfect and it actually ended up being um just like a day or two Mm -hmm. longer um than I had planned uh because because of the MERS oh Um, yeah yeah it was because I I booked my flight maybe in March or April or something like Uh that um and that's when it you know they they discovered you know there's cases in 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 Seoul um, How many cases of MERS were there in Seoul? Like, really? I don't know, but it was just—it was—it felt like it was like touch and go for a while. Yeah. Know, because, um, and so my flight—it was like I took a regular flight that just you know between the airport uh-huh. in Japan and Seoul International, um, and part of it, like the return flights, some of them were canceled. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I had to postpone the return huh. flight All right. by, like, a day or two. Did they, like, pay for your hotel and everything? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it was really, it was an, inexpensive, so. Yeah, Korea is yeah. much, compared to Japan, is much more inexpensive. Mm. Did you feel like that when you went over there? Um, it was hard to tell. I mean, yeah. you know, after living in Japan for a year and just, 
you know, spending those few days in Korea, mm-hmm. it was hard for me to really get a, mm. like a real handle. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I found, I did find that, I don't know, Japan's prices really weren't that bad. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Oh, but man. Maybe it's just where I was. Yeah, because so, I had the opposite experience yeah. where I went from Korea to Japan and mm-hmm. I felt the prices in okay. Japan. So if you go back, probably it's like, yeah. if you go from Japan to Korea, probably, yeah, mm-hmm. you're probably, I would think it'd be like, this is so cheap. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I also made the mistakes of like uh, the conversion rates and stuff like that. Oh, right. Because I was like, ah, oh, this only costs like. <laughs> $50, and you're like, no, that's $500. Mm-mm, oh, mm-mm. way off. Extra zero means a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go back. So you, what prompted you to study, uh, you said East Asian studies mm. in, uh, in here at Rutgers? Right. So you came back to Rutgers yeah. after taking a year off. Yeah. Because it was close to home? Because it was close to home and I had my major. So, yep. And what I wanted to study, which, I mean, was ultimately was ESL education. Mm-hmm. So that was just, it was, it just had everything yeah. that I needed. Um, and yeah, um, I guess for a long time, I, I guess since middle school, I just had this, felt this pull towards Japanese mm. language and culture. Um, and it was just really, really difficult for me to explain why. Because I, had, I would have other people asking me, yeah. Well, you're Korean, so why are you learning Japanese? And, oh, wait, but you have white parents, so what's going on here? <laughs> what is going <laughs> like, on? what there? are you? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, in the meantime, I was like asking myself, well, what am I? Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very difficult for me to think about and kind of figure out and then explain that to other people, uh-huh. and I didn't even know. Sure. Um, and I just always had this sense of, like oh I'm 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 a traitor you know I'm studying the wrong like I chose the wrong language and and I'm you know mm. I'm a, I just had this terrible sense of like I guess feeling feeling rejected by Korea mm-hmm. and also feeling rejected by America mm-hmm. and so I think my part of like my I guess feeling was that I was taking some cor- some kind of you know agency and control over like yeah. my choice you yeah know? um choosing something that wasn't you know either mm. of those things mm-hmm. um and that's just how it felt to me but other than that i just kind of had this like i felt this connection to japan to japan and, and to the language and everything um and to kind of jump i guess between sort of middle school and now but um and you know all this stuff you know like the major and everything happened sure and when I came back from Japan, um, so this was last July, yeah. I, I had the 2023andMe 20, kit. Okay, yeah. Um, I actually got it for free through the Facebook group, oh, Korean, nice. Korean American Adoptees. Okay. Um, but I had to wait until I got back here uh-huh. to, to do it because they only ship within, or to the U.S. U.S., yeah. Um, within the U.S. And so I did that. And I sent the, you know, my saliva, you know, yeah, to, the, yeah. to the lab or whatever, and they, they analyze it. Uh-huh. And it actually turns out that I'm a quarter Japanese, about mm-hmm. a quarter Japanese. Yeah, I think I got a similar result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, okay. It just, it was just validating, you know, yeah, to yeah. me. Um, 
Whereas I think I think I I was expecting something like that because mm-hmm. just knowing the I guess you know the history of Korea and Japan, yeah, yeah, yeah. and their relationship, right, <laughs> right, um, and so it wasn't really you know shocking to me, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but it just felt like okay, I I can this is okay for me to. So did uh, after studying Japan for all that time mm-hmm. at Rutgers and then moving out there, did, do you feel like it lived up to the hype? Did you did you put um, it on a pedestal or anything, or were you like just happy to be there? I think I was just happy to be there. To yeah. be honest, I don't think I put it on a pedestal because I think um, I think it's easy to do that, especially mm-hmm. and just you know it's just easy to do that. Um, yeah, and I think just the the visibility of, I guess, Japanese pop culture. Yeah, yeah. You know, globally. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, like, it would be like, I guess, you know, taking sex in the city as, (laughs) you know, like, and idolizing that. And, like, you know, but, you know, that kind of thing. But so to take, you know, what you see in, like, anime and, like, that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and, like, kind of, like, oh, that's how Japan is. Or, like, whatever, like, oh, the weird news from Japan. Like, people are... um, (laughs) There is a lot of weird news. Yeah. In Japan. <laughs> um, but <coughs> no, I think I was just happy to be there. And yeah. Just even like just living like a mundane sort of just life, you know, in Japan. How how was it living there um, as a Korean American living in Japan? It was. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, and the way that I so I actually did the Jet program. So what's that? It's the. Um, it was established in the late 80s, so they recruit teachers or people, really. You don't have to be a teacher. You have to have your bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. They recruit people from um, different countries around the world, and it's like an exchange you know, program. You go and you teach English in okay. Japan. Um, so they place you in you know, a particular area. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so which area did you go to? Um, I Well, you're allowed to choose up to three you know, have three preferences, uh-huh. but you're not guaranteed any of those because yeah. a lot of people tend to choose, you know, like Tokyo and, you know, like the, the city and yeah, like, yeah. Like the well-known places or whatever. Um, but I I chose um, Okayama. Um, I think Ehime and uh, Hokkaido, which are totally... So one of the questions at the interview that I I think the last did, one I've heard of. Okay, yeah, exactly. So one of the interview questions to me was, "Why did you choose these three? Because they're just so um, atypical, random. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. random. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, well, I had been to Japan the year prior. Oh, were and you? I, yeah, because so I visited after I graduated from Rutgers. I just decided I'm just gonna go. You know, because how I've long been, did you go for? Um, just a week. Just like sightseeing? Yeah, just tourist. Okay. As a tourist. Um, so I did Tokyo and I did uh, Osaka. And um, actually... Were you like Kyoto or anything? I, I wasn't able to. Okay. Even though it was, it, I would have been able to easily. But um, I actually traveled through Okayama on my way to one of like uh, the other areas, you know, mm-hmm. say. Um, so I kind of, you know, just like the, the sense that I got. Yeah. You know, just my brief kind of going through that mm-hmm. and I was like okay I'll it's familiar enough I know the name I've seen it so I'll just you know okay choose that and <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah I think Hokkaido is in the north 
Yeah. Um, and I, I tend to like colder, even though it is it's frigid up there. Like it gets really cold. But is I it just, like in I the mountains? It. Um, parts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> is that where you ended cold. up going? No, no, no. I ended up going. I ended up getting my first choice, which okay. was uh, Okayama. Okay. Yeah. So you taught English there for a year. Yes. How was that? Um, I really liked it. Um, the thing I did not like was teaching at four schools. You taught at four schools? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yes. Of so was it like a different school every day? Basically. Or? Wow. Yeah. All in the same area, at least? All in the same area. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty typical um, of the JET program. Mm-hmm. You kind of, you don't really know what you're going to get because they just, they, they place you. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Um, and so you could be teaching one at one school but you you know it's fairly common to you know have my situation where you're teaching at multiple schools yeah um so i had i had one junior high school and three elementary schools okay Mm. were were the elementary school kids the easiest or the hardest (laughs) they were the easiest yeah yeah because i I like teaching uh like kindergarten through second grade Mm. um and adults so like the opposite ends <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm not i'm not a junior high school middle high, but they're yeah. easily controlled on both of them <laughs> i mean i i guess but uh, maybe it's japan <laughs> japan's different it seems more orderly um uh, no <laughs> middle school kids are middle school kids yes <laughs> and and little kids are little kids yeah so there's a lot of like hitting and you know yeah of each other, not you. Yeah, no, them. no, 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 no. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, of each other. No, <laughs> it's not like that. They, they don't have capital punishment over there. You can just hit kids with rulers and books no. and stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> Did you make a lot of uh, other English teaching friends over there through the um, program? Not really, and I think that was just my choice. Like I kind of wanted okay. to immerse myself in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they have a tendency of just hanging out with each other, then then you don't really get immersed in the culture as much as just make friends over there, right? Well, who? The English teachers. Immer- like, they're kind of yeah, they keep have, to themselves. They, yeah, they get into, like, a um, clique, and they have the same bars that they go to and restaurants and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. I would I would say that. But, again, I didn't do that. So, yeah, I didn't, yeah. you know. Um, but I, I it was easy, though, because I think – because, you know, I'm the way I look. <laughs> it's sure, easy yeah. for me to just kind of blend in. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot of people were just, like, just assumed that I was Japanese. Yeah. Um, Did that make you feel more comfortable? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just like, and your Japanese was pretty good? Or it got better um, when you were over there? It was it was okay, and it got better while yeah. I was there. So you, like, carry on a conversation and stuff? Yeah. Um, definitely had rough days. Um where, like, it was painful for me to hear my, like, I guess, American, like, accent slip yeah, yeah. into my Japanese, and I was like, oh, this, I sound awful. At least you can recognize that, because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I couldn't do that with my Korean. I'd be no. like, I'm speaking great Korean. <laughs> and then, like, I'd order delivery food, and the guy in the other line would be like, can you speak English? No. <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, this is really bad. He doesn't understand anything I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, you had a good time over there, and then uh, mm. what brought you back? You just, the contract ended? Um... Well, the, the I had I would have had the opportunity to renew my contract up to four times, mm-hmm. um, but I think I just I didn't really like the program itself, and I oh, was no. feeling I was feeling just burned out. Yeah, you know, teaching at the four schools. That's um, a, yeah, that's a lot. 
I had over 500 kids. Wow. Yeah. And it was just, it was painful for me, um, like emotionally, I guess, like to, to not remember, like, ha- ha- you know, remember all of my students' names. Mm. Um, I had to just rely on, you know, their name tags. Um, and even then, like, I was pretty good at reading their last names, mm-hmm. you know, in Japanese. Um, but it was still just very difficult. Yeah. And that was, yeah. So feeling like I wasn't able to make a connection. Mm. You know, that's a lot of kids. Five hundred kids is a lot of kids. Yeah, that's yeah. that's more than I think anybody can really manage. <laughs> it was yeah, there were a lot, but I really loved just the kid. You know, just working with yeah. the kids and with the teachers. It was just that was really really great. So what did you do in your off time in Japan? Just go exploring? Um, yeah, yeah, I did a lot of exploring, all of just walking and. Um, so, yeah, it was just, like, the lifestyle just was, yeah, yeah, just gelled, I guess. What do, you, what do you feel like you brought back from Japan when you came back um, here? I think, yeah, so I think the, the time away from just everything that I had known mm-hmm. um, was really, had a really positive impact on me. Um, I think just all of the the stuff that I was feeling kind of with family and with my identity, like all the like the conflicts that I was mm-hmm. feeling inside, um, and even ex- externally, just kind of I needed that distance, you know, physical yeah. distance and emotional distance, like certainly physical across the yeah, world, yeah, across the world, <laughs> getting away from like really getting away from it, um, and just. Um, so I think it was like it was healing in that sense because I was yeah. being, like also just surrounded by Some people space. who who looked like me. Yeah, um, was also very very powerful. So everything, not everything, but a lot was you feel a little bit more resolved about then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit more. Do you feel like more comfortable in your own skin since coming uh, yeah. since that experience and coming back? Yeah. 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 And how is it here at uh, at Rutgers? Um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. So I teach I teach international students mm-hmm. mainly. Yeah, um, and it's it's really it's nice because I get to speak with people who you know come from all over the world. Yeah, um, and it's just yeah. So I think I think having that having had that experience in Japan and. I'm able to empathize, um, empathize more with mm-hmm. my students. Yeah. Um, you know, feeling that frustration of, okay, <clears throat> I want to express this, but I can't because... You just don't have the yeah, words. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, very frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of my students know more English than I think I, I or, you know, knew how... Yeah, In knew Japanese. Japanese, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... But they're definitely, yeah. So I'm just like, okay, I understand. You know, it's okay. Just. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. I had a, in my Korean class uh, a couple of years ago, I had a guy in the class who was dating a Korean woman when he lived in Korea. Mm-hmm. But it was like, she didn't really speak much English mm-hmm. and he didn't speak much Korean. And so mm-hmm. they communicate so much. But then it was like the relationship couldn't go any deeper because they couldn't communicate right. effectively. And right. I was like, that's gotta be frustrating yeah. so i can only yeah. imagine what that's like i mean like yeah the limit of, so my korean were 
Mm. Uh, yeah, I said this on another show, I think. We <laughs> were just like, I knew enough Korean to like ask questions, mm-hmm. like directions oh, and things, but uh-huh. then like not understand the answers because my oh, listening okay. skills are not good. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, so can you direct me here? I'd be like, just point some direction, please, because if you explain it to me, I'm not going to have any idea mm-hmm. what's happening. Did, like, you, did you study Korean? And... I, so I studied Korean for two years here at Rutgers. Okay. I was a Korean minor for a little while. Oh, okay. And then, uh, yeah, so my grades also suffered from those mm. because, like, Korean 1 was uh, pretty easily. I got it pretty quickly. I mm-hmm. could read and write very easily. Mm. Uh, it's a pretty easy uh, character system. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, it's an alphabet, so it's very yeah. easy. Um, but then Korean, there's, like, a huge jump from, like, beginner to intermediate. Mm. And once I got an intermediate, oh, okay. it was, like, oh, this is not going well. Like, what was it, like, four hours a week or whatever of mm-hmm. Korean is not enough to learn a language. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. you really need to immerse yourself in the right. language to be proficient at it, at mm-hmm. the very least. And I, like, wasn't getting that, so I changed my minor to theater. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> theater was something I was passionate about, but right. also it was much easier than Korean. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, mm. uh, yeah, Korean was starting to get real rough. Okay, yeah. I, I wonder think. if uh, the teachers are still here. Mm. It's been a while. She, uh, I forget, her name was uh, Professor Youngmi Cho, and uh, okay. she actually was one of the authors mm. of the integrated Korean books oh, okay. that are that handed out in class, and that I've yeah. actually seen in multiple other courses as well. So I was like, every now and then you'll, mm. I'll crack open the book, and it says, like, oh, Rutgers de Hakyo. And it's like, oh, Rutgers University, ah. yes. Because <laughs> it ain't nice. like so self-referential. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta plug it. Um, mm. But yeah, it was, uh, Korean was rough. And then like mm. living there, yeah, like I said, um, yeah, not being able to speak the language effectively mm. sometimes can be very frustrating. Yeah. So I totally understand uh, both your plight in Japan and your students' plight here, <laughs> in, here at Rutgers. But at least, you know, Rutgers is, uh, I'll, I'll give it this. I think it's one of the top, diverse mm. universities in the country mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. there is that and it's i think that's like pretty cool too is yeah that yeah. here i always felt comfortable amongst uh other you know minorities and whoever right. because there were so right. many of us here because <laughs> right. there's a lot going on yeah yeah did you feel that way coming here too um yeah i think so i again i don't think i hmm. um I'm trying to think of so when I when I came back here from Bowling Green, yeah, mean, from yeah. Ohio, um, hmm. I think I was in such a strange place in my life that I really didn't think about that consciously, mm. or I wasn't aware of it. Um, but I mean, I definitely am aware of it now, um, and yeah, I mean, I. It's a pretty diverse place. You know, yeah. Global. What is that? I forget. The Jersey. Jersey, Jersey Roots, Global, global reach, reach or something. That's like? the, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. marketing campaign. Yeah. <laughs> is that still the marketing I thing that they're so. doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure. I guess it's true. You got uh, mm-hmm. graduates here go to Japan and Korea. <laughs> yeah. I've lived in Indonesia and all over the place. So, hey, it's it true. must be true. <laughs> it must be for, true. For us. <laughs> for, for us, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, Awesome. Well, good job, marketing team, <laughs> on that one. <laughs> no, this, no, but this is this is really cool. Like you're the podcast, just Thanks. the fact that it exists. Yeah, yeah I was so excited when because my sister, my sister Shana, emailed or texted me um, that you were 
Oh, so really? Gonna, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Because I'm not on Facebook or anything. Oh. And I guess maybe... How do people get in touch with you? I know, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> no. Um, um, but no, she, she sent me a text and she was like, oh, Mike is starting this podcast and you might be interested because it's... Yeah, he'll be interviewing adoptees and yeah. where's adoptee focus. And I was like, oh, cool. So I like downloaded it right away because <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Um, but no, I listen to a lot of podcasts. and um, Nice. Yeah. Well, the podcast community thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you hear a lot of like really... Squarespace ads and Casper yeah, mattresses. A lot of um, Audible. Audible, yeah, yeah, that's another good one. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting uh, for them to sponsor the show with all my <laughs> yeah. hundred weekly listeners. Audiblepodcast.com. That's <laughs> right. You can listen to all kinds of audiobooks. Um, Here's my code. I don't have a code yet. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's when you know you've made it in the yeah, podcast world yeah. when you have codes that you can give out for like two free audiobooks right. or something. <laughs> have you used any of them? I have. Really? Yes. What books did you download? Um. I downloaded Life of Pi. Oh. Yeah, but I haven't listened to it yet. Did you see the movie? No. The movie is I so I, I heard it's good. Yeah. Have a tenuous relationship with Ang Lee. Okay. I either love That's, his movies mm-hmm. like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right. like one of my top favorite movies, or I hate his movies mm. like The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, the Life of Pi. I like watched it and I didn't want to like it, but I ended up loving it, mm. and I hated that I loved it. Okay. <laughs> I was like. Oh my God, this movie is so beautiful. <laughs> and it's like such a great story, and the mm-hmm. allegory is amazing. But I was like, ah, Dangley, you son of a bitch, you got me. <laughs> it was, it's, it's a very good story. Okay. I highly yeah. recommend uh, listening to the audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, what's the other, what was the other book? Um, it's actually a Steve Martin book. Oh, which one was yeah, it? Which one? Uh, Object of Beauty, which I started. That's an art not. book, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't I'm, read that one. Okay, I'm no, I'm just I'm really bad at audiobooks. It's just <laughs> that, like, is, <laughs> that is hilarious. That's the opposite of what it's supposed to be like. The audiobooks are supposed to make it easier, I Megan. Know. <laughs> no, but I I think it's just I'm I'm visual. Okay. So yeah. I like yeah, I like just you know reading having the print yeah yeah um but yeah podcasts are different because i think it's just because they're more like conversations and it's, they're yeah. easier to listen to i don't mm-hmm. you know i don't have to like concentrate it's a little I bit guess. more engaging I yeah think. yeah the audiobook somebody's talking at you right right this is like you're listening in on a conversation mm-hmm. it's almost like eavesdropping, eavesdropping. <laughs> publicly and that's fun for everyone <laughs> yes exactly no but i, I think when uh, if people are uh are I should have said this before we started the podcast, mm. but like, yeah, a lot of people do get nervous before we start talking. I'm like, just it's just a conversation. Yeah, that's all it really is. And so, just imagine that you're just talking, because we are. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because I feel like I've like now I'm like thinking back and I'm like, oh man, I just like talked for so much. <laughs> I know it goes by I'm quick, tired. isn't it? <laughs> now you're, it's mentally draining sometimes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um. Because I no, because I am an introvert, and I don't know if that's coming across. Like, oh, you're here. definitely gonna have to go recharge the batteries then. I right? am. Yeah. No, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I know. My wife is an introvert. So I'm right now. I'm yeah. I'm starting to feel a little bit kind of. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's catching up with me. You can but. go back to your place and just take a nap <laughs> and listen to the Life of Pi on audio. I could. Yeah. Maybe this will finally uh, 
Do you have like a cat or anything at home? I don't know. You my should totally mom, get one. I know I want to, but my my cat had to be put down while I was oh, in Japan. Oh no! And that was that was horrible. What was the cat's yeah. name? Phoebe. Phoebe from Friends. Yeah, that's where she got her name because <laughs> she's kind of like wide-eyed. She oh looks a little God. like spacey. So. <laughs> But yeah, she was. I remember going over your house and watching a lot of Friends. <laughs> uh-huh. it's the only time I ever watched Friends is over at the McCartney yeah. residence. <laughs> but it was always on. No, Shane and I still text each other Friends quotes. Just randomly. It seemed like online, all like it's a beloved show. And I'm just like, the only time I ever watched this was over <laughs> your house. So funny. Uh, oh, God. All right. Well, anyways, I'll let you go recharge your batteries okay. and uh, think about Phoebe. <laughs> And listen to the life of Pi. <laughs> yeah. Such a yeah. It sounds like a good Saturday, <laughs> yeah. a good lazy Saturday. <laughs> I'm gonna go explore Rutgers more and see uh, okay. what's changed. I think. Yes, a lot. It looked, yeah, no kidding. Jeez, <laughs> ten years. Who knew? All right. Well, thank you for doing the show. Yeah, Where can people get? In, can oh. people? Can people get in touch with you? They'll have to <laughs> enroll in an question. ESL class at Rutgers. Yes. Um, <laughs> no. What's the best way to? I mean, my. <laughs> All of my accounts are private, so... And so don't get in touch with you. you. Know? Um, I mean, I guess email. Okay. Should I... I Only mean. if you want to. <laughs> you don't... Don't feel pressured. I'm not asking you to give away no, your fine. private email. No, it's fine. Um, it's just like, should I just say it over... Sure. Oh, on air? Okay. If you want to. <laughs> but is it going to be in your show notes, too? Yeah, I if mean, you want me to, fine. I'll put no, it in the show notes. No, that's fine, too. Sure. Um, okay. So it's my name. Basically, it's a uh, Meg McCartan. <laughs> so it's spelled, spelled yeah, McCartan. So <laughs> it's um, <laughs> yeah, it's a M E G M C C A R T N at yahoo.com. Excellent. Yes. So so yeah, my full name is McCartney, or last name. So it's like McCartney, but with the, the, e, the e and the Y chopped cut off. off. Yes. Was that your choice? I think I was just following my siblings. Do they pattern. all have yeah, the Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It was just kind of like, okay, I'll just do it. It's easy. And I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, you can get in touch with Megan there. Send her an email. Uh, if you want a quick response, send it in Japanese. That's actually, yeah, good practice Yeah, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be awesome. Do you get to <laughs> practice you, Japanese a lot? Um, not as much as I'd like to. Oh, yeah. But you should join a club here. You should I be, should. like, the faculty advisor. Yeah. I wonder if there's any, like, paycheck that comes with that. I don't know. That, yeah. would, that would be something yeah. to look into. Mm. <laughs> All right. I'll do that. Okay. All right, well, thanks for doing Thank the show. You. <laughs> All right, and that was the episode with Megan McCartney. I appreciate Megan uh, taking the time to sit down and talk with me out there at Livingston Campus, which used to be in the middle of a field and now is in the middle of a, I, I don't know, it's spring break, so I had no idea if it was a, it looks like it could be a bustling metropolis or something. It, that's a lie, but you, know, you get the picture. It's very built up compared to when I remember it. In any case, uh, again, thanks to her for opening up and sharing her story. It was really good to hear from her, uh, somebody I haven't seen in, in a very long time. 
anyways, uh, music today is provided by The Bell at Needle Drop Records and a collective effort. You can find them on soundcloud.com slash a-collective-effort or something. I'll have to look that up and uh, put it in the show notes for you. It's always in the show notes. It's always in the show notes. Just visit the show notes. Uh, also, I will be in uh, Indianapolis this week. I haven't, haven't traveled out to Indianapolis in a while, but it'll be a good time. I haven't been out there. Uh, and uh, next month in uh, April, mid-April, from the 11th through the 15th, I will be uh, hopefully going up to Boston. Uh, details I uh, hopefully will get later this week uh, as, as a part of like where I'm going to be staying and what I'm going to be doing and stuff like that. So if you are a Boston international or transracial adoptee, then uh, get in touch with me. I know BKA is up there, the Boston Korean Adoptee Association. Uh, and I, you know, I'd like to see some people up there. I haven't been up to uh, Boston uh, for a couple of months. And uh, yeah, if, if you're from Boston or in the area and you'd like to chat, then uh, let me know. You can always contact me at therambleradhd at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at therambleradhd or like me on Facebook at facebook.com slash therambleradhd. Uh, that's pretty much all the uh, the contact info and the goings on of the Rambler uh, that I'm aware of that I can think off the top of my head. I don't know. I'm kind of fried right now. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I'm a little fried. Frazzled. Brain's a little going crazy. Uh, well, if you haven't uh, watched uh, House of Cards this season, <laughs> I highly recommend it. I was on and off on the House of Cards. It was on and off. It was like touch and go there for a while because yeah, some of the seasons are they don't make any decisions that make any sense this season they do and i loved it it's a great season it's what i wish the whole series was like also daredevil's on tv so if you have a chance to watch daredevil on netflix as well uh please go do that you don't even have to watch the first season if you haven't watched it it's it's like its own thing it's doing good and and it's awesome especially if you're from new york i don't know i feel like it, it it doesn't feel like it feels like a very comic booky. They do a great job of making it a comic book version in New York. You should watch it. Uh, that's about it. I think that's all that's out now. I guess you can go see Miracles from Heaven with uh, Jennifer Garner out in theaters. <laughs> I see commercials for it, but I don't know. I don't know what. It, it's just I, the movie's not made for me. I'll put it that way. Also, I don't really get the title. Where else do miracles come from? Heaven. You never hear about miracles from hell or miracles from New Jersey. Maybe you do. I don't know. I've never heard of it. If you have, you can contact me. All right. That's the episode. That's it. I'm going to quit. I quit this episode. All right. I'm out. See you next week. (laughs) 